Stampod Productions. Hello, I'm Sunny Rajavadula. And I'm Katie Madwick. And you're listening to On Your Bike. What have you missed in the world of cycling? Well, there's a lot to catch up on. A week is a long time in this sport, it seems. Uh, Katie, what are we looking at today? Well, Sunny, the racing may have just ended with the tour of Guangxi in China, but a week is indeed a long time in cycling. Jumbo Visma may be no more. They've announced a new title sponsor for 2024. Women's World Tour teams have been snapping up junior talent. Caleb Ewan's going home. We've got the Giro d'Italia news, and it's a return for both the Paso dello Stelvio and the Gravel. And Katie, after talking about cyclocross in the last episode, we've got World Cup results too, all coming your way on On Your Bike News. News. (laughs) Well, uh, I think we almost synchronised that, Katie. Anyway, due to popular demand, and by that I mean um, a tweet from at BM underscore Sia, who uh, asked if we could do some more new stuff. And we've got news to talk about, so we're giving it a go. Um, And we've got to start with uh, Yumbo News. Um, It's widely reported across cycling media. And it's uh, has it been confirmed by the team that the uh, sponsor that's going to lease a bike are going to be the title sponsor replacing Yumbo, Katie? Um, Who are they? They are a... They're a subsidiary of a transport company in the Netherlands. Um, who are called Pons, I think. Pons Transport, it's like a multinational and a bike distribution group. Um, And the company already sponsors the team, but it's set to grow its investment in 2024. I mean, everyone, everyone is saying this is, I mean, a name up there with some of the, (laughs) how would I describe it? I'm trying to think in, in the world of football, Bolton Wanderers' current stadium name is the Tough Sheet Stadium, which I think has to be (laughs) the best stadium name. Um, Stevenage were once sponsored by Burger King on the front of the shirts because Burger King wanted the worst team in the country to sponsor. Um, Lisa Bike, Lisa Bike, um, Visma, would that be right then? It doesn't Visma sound... Lisa Bike. Oh, Visma, Visma Lisa Bike. So Visma are moving into the like title title, um, the first one that's named. So Visma Lisa Bike is the new name. I mean, it doesn't sound great <laughs> as a name. Um, but I know there's some positivity to come from this. Uh, and we know the rumoured merger with Sudal Quickstep uh, was eventually stopped. Uh, Amazon, who were interested, that never uh, came off. So I suppose for the team, having um, those things fall through, uh, this is pretty good news. So, yeah, I think we've got to take the positives out of this situation. They've ended up with a new title sponsor, which is actually not a new sponsor for them. It's a company they've already got an established relationship with, which has to be good news in terms of logistics. Um, They're just increasing their investment. It's a company based in the same country that they are based in. It's a nice sort of organic link because it's to do with bikes anyway. So it's kind of a cycling adjacent company. And, you know, earlier in the season, we were looking at potentially Saudi ownership or sponsorship and and things that, you know, we really don't really want to have any more of in the sport. So to me, this is a win-win situation. Jumbo get their money. Well, Visma get their money. Um, the team get the money they need. And actually, it's been confirmed that they'll have a higher budget than Jumbo Visma uh, going into 2024. Okay, so good news for the team. Um, 
Yeah, and I suppose in a world where I thought I thought this was the place for all nations to to launder the reputation in the world of cycling. So so this one isn't going to happen uh, for Yumbo. Oh, not Yumbo. No, I've, I'm getting it right. It's Visma Visma Lisa bike. Okay, although it sounds like a person. It does. At Lisa, it's going to be very popular next year. I think <laughs> whoever Lisa is. I think I heard I heard some people thinking about shortening it to Visma Lab, um, which sounds like I don't know where you go get your glasses <laughs> repaired. And yeah, Visma, yeah, that sounds like a really techie kind of name. Yeah, Visma, Visma Lisa bike definitely sounds like somebody who was born, whose parents were into cycling and then became a world champion like 24 <laughs> years later or something. Let's move on and indulge a moment in the world of the transfer market in cycling. The women's tour has seen some big signings. Yeah, so I really wanted to focus on um, the women's side of things this week because we've thought a lot about like big men's transfers, um, obviously Primus Roglic and like loads of big signings on the men's side of the sport. And it seems as though there, although there's been a bit of movement um, with established riders so far this transfer window, the most notable thing for me has been the number of junior talents being snapped up um, really at quite a young age. So the, this week, Little Trek have added world junior time trial champion Felicity wilson Haffenden to their squad. She uh, is Australian and she's going to join Canadian off-road sensations Ava and Isabella Holmgren, who they signed a few weeks back, along with British rising star Izzy Sharp, um, where they will all build towards pro careers in the coming season. So Little Trek have really added um, lots of strength for the coming seasons, I think. Um, and this is something we're seeing more regularly in the sport, isn't it? Getting getting younger riders in. Yes, it is. And it seems to be following the pattern of the men's peloton a bit more with um, rider signatures being secured at earlier and earlier stages in their development. Movistar signed another British super talent, Kat Ferguson, a few weeks ago. And last season, of course, we saw Zoe Baxter begin her professional career with EF Education Tibco. So, so why do you think this is happening? Why, why are we, why are they getting all these kids in? What's the point? I mean, I guess it's a way for teams to kind of secure their futures. Um, it's like kind of shockproofing for for future years. The same way that footballers are signed earlier and earlier. I guess you could make that comparison. Not quite as early as footballers. I know they're down scouting them out at the local parks at like five these days and stuff. Yeah, you, you can you can actually sign for an academy at Blackburn Rovers Academy. It's a Cat One Academy in the world of football. Um, training centres and all the rest of it and they were saying yeah they they sign players up from five years old which is insane but it is madness isn't it like how can you know how someone's career is going to develop but I guess in in cycling by the time the juniors sort of reach 18 there's a real sense of of potential and and what how they could turn out and how good they could be and it's like a race to find the best talent and as long as they're nurtured and not rushed into racing um as pros, there's no reason why it shouldn't benefit both rider and team. It's like a long-term investment. Maybe playing the long game against the likes of SD works, you know, reaching in and, and nabbing the talent first. Yeah, the looming superpower that is SD works. And uh, we talked a little bit about them in our episode on Amonique van Vleuten, who's uh, retired, of course, at the other end of the spectrum. Um, so these kids coming in, are there, you know, how in the past when teams have done this, has it worked? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a, probably a fair few examples, actually, if we sort of dig through team sheets and try and look at names who have come all the way through the ranks. But a great example for me at the moment is of the current British champion, Pfeiffer Georgie. She rides for Team DSM, 
which appears to be a really great proving ground, both both on the men's and women's side for young talent developing. Um, and Georgie's gone from strength to strength there after she turned pro with them. Um, she's actually been on their books since 2019, and she's only 23 at the moment, so that kind of shows you how long she's been part of their system. And it proves that this longer-term investment in young riders can really pay off. She's an integral part of the team now, and she's uh, she's gaining wins herself. She's helping out in team victories. She's a vital part of their of their setup. Um, and I know we've got uh, a lot of listeners in the USA, but I suppose we're in Britain. Is there any other uh, British talents coming through as well? Yeah, I mean, we've got there's there's loads of talent all around Britain. I've mentioned some of them already: Cap Ferguson and Izzy Sharp. A couple of riders a little bit further along their career, um, twenty one year olds actually, so still really young um, in the grand scheme of things. Josie Nelson and Abby Smith, both great talents, and actually Team DSM have signed them up today as well um, in their latest bit of really clever recruitment, I think. Both really strong riders. And I think also, whilst it's really kind of obvious that there's a bunch of young men who are flourishing at a younger age than perhaps they used to, I think it's still the same potentially that women women tend to take a bit longer to reach their peak um, in terms of their racing careers and can seem to be able to go on for longer as well we've got some real you know longevity is a real um, quality I think to women's riders so you know plenty of time for these riders to continue to develop and I'm really excited to see how how they go there as well yeah and Abby Smith uh, writing on x formerly Twitter so excited for this can't wait for this new opportunity uh, with Team DSM Fermanick, and that's after they've tweeted, Welcome, Abby. There's a real sense of camaraderie and teamwork within the squad, in my opinion, the best in the peloton, which I can't wait to be a part of. That's a quote there from uh, Abby Smith on their website. As they said, are continuing to build for the future. We're delighted that Abby joins the team next season. So big news for her. Congratulations. And yet looking forward to seeing how she does. Um, to those riders going to new teams, um, Caleb Ewan is going back to a place he knows pretty well give me a reason to watch Crocodile Dundee with an announcement that, that kind of went over my head because I've never watched it <laughs> yeah it was a great announcement um, I guess even if you haven't watched it it's sort of a bit of tongue-in-cheek comedy um, but yeah yeah what's what's going on in that so what's have you seen the film yes I think I have it's been a long time actually like what I can't I don't know I, yeah I remember there an era where Crocodile Dundee was a thing but I was I yeah. was a kid um, yeah but yeah, I don't really know the scene other than there's a bloke who looks like it's Crocodile Dundee, if that is his real name, leaving on a train or something and it's a packed station. There's like a, a relay of people shouting to him to come back, but the faces have all been replaced by um by the various uh, people in the team, I'm guessing. Uh, and one of them is Caleb Ewan. He's Dundee and he comes back. Come back. Come sprint. They want me to sprint? Well, of course I want to come back and sprint. He's coming through. Yes, exactly. Yeah, um, it's great to see him head home, I guess you could say, because, you know, obviously it's an Australian team and an Aussie rider. He's had five seasons at Lotto Destiny, which is quite a long time, really. Um, however, the most recent years have been, a well, he's been under a bit of a cloud of negativity for reasons, you know, a, a lot of them out of his control, crashes, and he's had some bad luck. He's come second a lot of times. Um, touch of the Peter Sagans there <laughs> after what we talked about in our last episode but he's also reportedly not getting along all that well in the team um, and I think this is going to sprinters are all about the kind of vibes 
you know, it's it's got to be right in the head. You know, sprinters don't perform if they're not comfortable and happy in their environment. Um, and he made his professional debut actually at, at Jacob Aluda, which were, who were then Orica Green Edge. And he was there for six years. So it's, it's, it's going to be very familiar uh, territory for him. And hopefully he'll bounce back to his, the, his best form in 2024. Um, now, I know your uh, newsletter from Right Back Repeat just came out. Lots and lots of info um, on races that have happened and some of the big news as well. Little nod to on your bike, which I liked. Um, no mention yet of uh, of the other news, but that's because it's a little bit of a way off. The 107th Giro d'Italia. I know a friend of the show, Ned Bolting, was at the presentation, uh, which I think was glitzy for like the roots and they had some of the riders there primos roglic was one they had uh them posing with the trophy and all the rest of it it kind of looked like it's one of those group photos i saw one where no one's looking at the same camera at once so instead it just looks like they're a bunch of wax works just stood, <laughs> yeah. stood apparently at this event but i'm assuming they're actually there because the giro d'italia route uh, is now known Yes, it's been revealed this week. So obviously, with being the earliest of the Grand Tours, you do can we do tend to get quite an early reveal um, of the route for the Giro d'Italia. Having said that, we're due the Tour de France route reveal in just a, about a week's time. So the Tour also like to get in there early, so people can start booking up the hotels and getting excited and and sort of planning, uh, you know, for next year. So yeah, but we have got the full route uh, revealed with a Grand Partenza in. The Piedmont region this year, this year in northern Italy. Oh, is that is that the Italian for Grand Grande Par? It is indeed. Ah, Grande okay. Partenza. And um, <laughs> Giro's kind of known for a bit of a sleepy start. Is that the case by the looks of things this year? Actually, no. They've kind of broken with tradition a bit, which is fun um, because yeah, they are known for you know some some flat stages, some very kind of quiet. You know, two two dutiful Italian Conti riders will head off in the breakaway, and it'll be hours of kind of just traversing the Italian landscape for a few days. But no, uh, we're actually getting off to a bit more of an exciting start. With they, I don't know if you know, but they rate the stages out of five stars. Um, so you know, your one star would be you're a completely flat sprint stage. Your five stars is you know multiple summits and a summit finish, mountains and so on. Um, We've got two three-star stages to start the uh, the race, including the first summit finish of the race on stage two. So that's really early. That's the uh, I think the mm. earliest that they've had a summit finish at the Giro for well a very long time. Is that a standardised star system, or is it the Giro's own internal star rating? I think it's their own. Oh, that's that's not quite as good, is it? I think. That doesn't sound anywhere near us. <laughs> we give it all five stars. Um, but... Every stage, five stars. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are two time trials in this as well, uh, which is a bit... Is, it a, is that a surprise? Uh, well, is it a surprise? It's, it was quite a time trial-y Giro this year, actually. The most... Uh, I think the most... For, for a long time um, in this year's Giro d'Italia and because you know they're, they're trying to appeal to certain riders and I think you throw in lots of time trials you attract the likes of Remco Avnipal and Primoz Roglic and so on you throw in less time trials and you attract more of the climbers who are less bothered about time trialing like I mean in this year's Tour de France they had hardly any which is very surprising but yeah I think you've got we've got a total of about I think it's about 68 kilometers against the clock which is 
Yeah, about average, maybe just a bit more than average. Oh. Um, and Giro Donna is no more because it's now the women's Giro d'Italia. Is that right? I think they've, they've Giro d'Italia become... women. If you want to be really picky ah, about it, <laughs> yes, specific. Yes, well, we got to be specific, yeah. Because so, so the the women's tour is now owned by the Giro people. Yes, what was the Giro Donna is now the Giro d'Italia women. So it's being run by RCS, who are the same uh, company, which is good news for lots of reasons. Um, one of them being the company that used to run the Giro Donna was not very good. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of confusion. Um, the route that in this year just gone was not known fully until under, a, well, I think it was about two weeks that we finally got all the details. They only had start and finish locations about a month in, ahead, in advance. And that includes the riders and the teams. Nobody knew where they were going and when they were going there. So, yeah, it's had broadcast issues and all kinds of mad um, things over the years. Like they started in a shopping centre once and what, inside? very strange. Inside, yeah. What, like by inside. starting by the footlocker or something? And <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly know what shop it was, but yeah, it was very strange. But anyway, so uh, while, you know, the Giro d'Italia has its ups and downs in terms of organisation and it's a little bit, it's a little bit, you know, it can be a little bit in and out in terms of broadcast and so on. It's it's very good compared to that. And they should do a great job of standardising it a little bit, bringing it up um, in terms of the attention that it's going to get as well in the media. And, and although they didn't reveal the route at the same time, which was a bit of a dropped ball, I think, um, they have promised that we'll have the route within the next few days, I think. So um, there were just a, a few last minute details they were ironing ironing out. But So yeah, it's all good news, I think, for the women who will be very glad to know where they're going to ride okay. <laughs> a little bit in advance. Um, so, so when is the Giro d'Italia men and, and therefore when is the women's tour as well? So the men's Giro d'Italia kicks off on Saturday, the 4th of May, uh, and it runs till around the 26th, something like that, which is its usual position in the calendar. Uh, the Giro d'Italia women, formerly the Giro d'Ane, is from the 7th to the 14th of July. So it's smack bang in the middle of the Tour de France, which, to be fair, is usually the case. But we do normally, to be fair, get a few days of it before the men's tour kicks off. But unfortunately, this time, they've seen fit to land it smack in the middle uh, of the tour which is a little bit disappointing and we'd hoped for more favorable scheduling just to give the women the, the attention they deserve taking place at the same time as the biggest men's race on the calendar is not ideal for the sport um it's not good for anyone really um and yet it's just eight days this year instead of 10 as well yeah. so so um yeah that that doesn't sound that sounds a bit disappointing but at least i suppose as far as the, the, the riders go and those who will be there, it'll be, uh, sounds of things, slightly more organised. Um, but as far as positive news for women's cycling and, and on, on the tour, rumours of a legendary climb finding its way into the women's Tour de France. Yeah, so we've heard this week, uh, well, according to Vila Flitz, the Dutch um, cycling online newspaper, I guess you'd call it, uh, we might have Alpe d'Huez, next year for the Tour de France Femme, um, which is would be really, really cool. Obviously, extremely iconic climb. Um, it's nothing more than a rumour at the moment, but the rumour is apparently based on the hotel that's at the top of the Alp being suddenly completely booked out 
um, <laughs> on the final weekend of the Tour de France fan. <laughs> so it seems to be sort of a, an, an uh, what's the word, an educated rumour. Um, but we're going to know for sure next week when the routes are announced anyway. So not long to wait till we know for sure. That's great. Somebody's been on like booking.com just refreshing yeah. doing some like sleuthing <laughs> <laughs> very really good yeah that that's that's the next level from just yeah keeping around flight radar and tracking football transfers finally we talked uh, cyclocross. Um, I think I can just about say it properly now. Uh, and if you are completely unaware of what cyclocross is like me, then we've done a whole episode with Katie kind of explaining what's going on, what it's all about, and its roots going back to the uh, to ninth, the 1900s, actually. Um, but we've had the first round of World Cup results and uh, Femme Van Empel coming out on top again in the women's um, cyclocross uh, World Cup round yeah, one. Yeah, Femme was victorious. Um, she's come into the season in great form. Um, we were hoping to sort of see the Femme versus Puck uh, rivalry, like, burst into life straight away. And whilst it did sort of, um, Puck was actually a little bit error-prone, uh, which is unlike her. She's usually the, one of the best bike handlers on the circuit, to be honest. But the conditions in Waterloo over the weekend were pretty horrific. Uh, it rained a lot a couple of days before the race. And so they had obviously lots of mud and slippery conditions, which is very early actually in the season for those conditions. Normally we don't see that till sort of later on in the autumn or the winter. But yeah, Waterloo given us a little taste of what we can expect later on in the season and Puck coming adrift and tripping over a few times, making a few errors. Uh, so she finished second. But yes, I've got no doubt that she'll get into her stride as we go along. And yes, so Femme did win, and that was by 36 seconds over Puck Peterson, which I think will be a lot closer as we move along in the season. Yeah, it, it did look extremely boggy. I know uh, Bingol, one of the, the big teams in cyclocross, uh, tweeted a load of photos in advance, and I was like, well, I don't know how anyone's going to get through that. I think it was a lot, there's a lot of running with a bike in hand, or depending mm. on your technique, flipping it and rolling it on one wheel with the top wheel in the air. Uh, what about in the, the men's uh, men's round one? Well, actually, we had a really interesting result in the men's. Um, Thibaut Nace won, which was, he's won a couple of early season races with um, maybe perhaps slightly less depth in the field. Um, but we had the likes of Elias a bit, Lars van der Haar, Michael van Torenhout were all back. I say back, they all arrived in Waterloo. Um, they don't always all make the trip over to the States, actually, because it's early in the season. But obviously, the guys who want to get points up on the leaderboard when it comes to the World Cups need to be at every round. And these are the the serious, you know, career cyclocrosses that we talked about last time. Elias had a broken shoe and so unfortunately wasn't able to keep up with Nace and finished 16 seconds down. But yeah, so Sven Nace used to be... Um, an absolute legend on the cyclocross circuit and he now owns the Baloisa Trek Lions team and is the coach for them uh, but yeah it's going to be interesting to see if his son can follow in his footsteps when the likes of the big the so-called big three Mathieu van der Poel, Wout van Aan, Tom Pidcock arrive later on in the season. Well who said that nice guys finish last? Well done Thibaut um, and that just about rounds up all we've got for news on On Your Bike. Anything else for us to look forward to upcoming, Katie? I mean, it's we're into the long, dark 
off season in terms of road racing but obviously in addition to cyclocross we also have track uh, the UCI Champions League is coming up that'll be live on GCN and Eurosport for you guys to enjoy and it's really exciting fun um almost like a party atmosphere like it's you know imagine a disco and then track riders pelting it around the track at you know top speed um so that starts soon so does that, yeah does that mean the lights are down is yeah the lights yeah. down and we've got what and glowing lights and things oh yeah and they so all wear like... they, they all wear really cool kits and it's like it's, it's, so it's like yeah. tron yeah totally <laughs> i mean with the gear <laughs> they use yeah it pretty much is so definitely recommend checking that one out as well it's it's the season for being off-road in whatever form that that takes um so yeah let's look forward to to the track and the cyclocross for the winter um and uh you know i suppose scandy scandy what did he call it that like crime dramas and stuff and scandinavian and it's mm. cold and it's in winter yeah i don't know what it's called though do you know its name like scandy noir is it maybe is there any yeah. documentaries that you'd recommend if not Going down the Scandi Noir routes. Uh, I mean, I've watched, <laughs> I've watched a Cav one on well, Netflix. Anything else I should be digesting? Good question, actually. Yeah, I think it's time to go back, and I think quite a lot of teams put out some really good content during the season, and there's just so much racing on that, like by the time you get to the evening, you're like, ah, oh, I need a break. <laughs> so I think now's the time to go back and check them out. The likes of Ineos, Trek. Um, I think I can't remember what other teams have done them, but they've done mini series around races and stuff. So go onto the team websites, check them out. And GCN always has a stack of really interesting documentaries um, throughout the year. So yeah, I'd recommend those too. Yeah, of course. Um, and there's the um, the Wolfpack one on Amazon. I haven't watched that one on, on Sudar Quickster. That's on my, on my watch list. Uh, but anyway, I said I said we're done for time and we are. Uh, so yeah, time for us to go. We've been On Your Bike. I've been Stanley Rajavadula. And I've been Katie Madwick. And this has been uh, On Your Bike News. Maybe we'll do it again. Who knows? But we will be back. Uh, and we'll see you next time. On Your Bike is a Sandpod production. 